Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I'm your host, Josh Scar. Joining me this week is Alex. Alex, how you doing? Pretty good and excited for our lineup this week. Yeah, we got a good lineup. We also have Matt joining us. Matt, how you been? What's up? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Doing pretty awesome. I was giving the audience room to respond. <laughs> <laughs> And then also joining us, uh, you may know him as Matt from the For Real podcast, but he's going to go by another name. Uh, a name we have dubbed him with is John. Uh, hopefully that doesn't get too confusing with Josh and John. Um, but I also don't know how often we're actually going to say our names. Um, uh, at least it'll be less confusing than Matt and Matt. That is going to help. That is true. I mean, we did discuss making him Matt too, just so we can make Spider-Man No Way Home references the entire night, but uh, that that fell through. Um, you can only make so many of those. He wouldn't go for it. I don't get it. <laughs> that movie was fantastic. I, I would have gone by Matt 3. Matt 3! <laughs> All right, we got to start over. <laughs> thanks for having me on tonight, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for making the time. Oh, anytime. You, uh... Josh here has definitely helped out on my podcast more than once. I don't know if help is the right word for the, at least the last episode. Hey, I, I mean, listen, you, did you make a terrible choice? Yes. <laughs> have I forgiven you for it? No. But uh, you have been one of my better guest hosts, and I, I appreciate your presence. It's in, it's interesting. I, I guess I guess my request got lost somewhere. Did you did you actually <laughs> request to be on my podcast? No, like you requesting me must have gotten lost. I don't know. His oh. mere existence means that a request is being submitted. See, I actually, I actually have a bunch of people that email our podcast and ask to be on it with me. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we gotta, can't you know, if if anybody, everybody's interested in being on a podcast about documentaries, uh, it's cancel the podcast at gmail dot com. Podcast is called For Real. It's a podcast about documentaries. Just anybody, anybody out there can just email and. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, we got a, uh, I don't know, like midway through our our last season, we got an email from a couple of guys that made a documentary over in England, and we had them on as as a uh, for question and answers. So, all right, yeah, just whoever wants, whoever wants to join in, go ahead. Yeah, that was a really good episode too. I definitely, I strongly recommend that one. Oh, those guys were awesome. So we are here this week to talk about The Batman. The Batman hit HBO Max and streaming uh, earlier in this week when we're recording. And I finally got a chance to see it because of this. And I th believe John also got to see it. And then Alex, too. Matt, you went and saw it in theaters. Yeah, uh, the, the week before I was like, it's coming out next week, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted that theater experience, which I, I totally get after seeing this. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick ad break from our brain trust, and we're going to hear uh, an ad spot for our friend Antonio Palacios at the Cult Worthy Podcast. We'll be right back. The Cult Worthy Podcast. Your host, Antonio Palacios, will guide you week by week through a bevy of cult favorites, obscure cinema, and hidden gems. Listen to us on your favorite platforms or follow us on thecultworthy.com. The Cult Worthy Podcast. And we're back. And we are here to talk about the Batman. We are going to do, I think we're just going to dive into spoilers because the, the advertising campaign really didn't leave a whole lot to be unspoiled. Like we knew the Riddler was involved, but that was kind of it. We didn't really know what kind of movie we were getting into. 
So I don't feel like we can really have a proper discussion of spoilers, non-spoilers. We can kind of do like Batman was cool. Catwoman was cool. But then there's not really a whole lot else to talk about. So we're going to just do a full spoiler discussion and hopefully you enjoy the ride. First of all, let's just get initial impressions out of the way. What did everyone think? Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Probably my third favorite Batman movie up until a single moment, in which case it goes bottom of the barrel. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Matt, how about you? I I liked it a lot. Uh, it's, you know, it's not perfect, but um, I thought it was really good and really weird and just channeling a ton of like Batman stuff that I generally vibe with. So I dug it a lot. John. So I've kind of a mixed, mixed review on it. I'm a, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. There was, there's parts of it that really bothered the shit out of me. And, uh, there are parts of it that I thought were really cool. So it, it was kind of, I kind of was about, you know, midway to liking it. I'm kind of in that same boat. Uh, the, the best way I've been able to articulate it, having thought about it in the last like 24 hours since I watched it is I don't think I enjoyed it, but I was engaged with it. I was really taken in with the story and at least aspects of the story. I will say, uh, there are certain things that we'll get into in a bit here, uh, where I'm like, you could have taken that out that that's not needed. But overall, I, I did think it was really good. It was a lot better than I was expecting it to be which i mean i was setting a pretty low bar because i just saw oh it's another grim dark batman like oh it's year two okay so they're not gonna kill his parents uh in this movie but of course it ends up being a plot point at some point in the movie well i mean it kind of it kind of has to be a, a, a somewhat of a plot point it's whole, it's his whole motivation i mean you can bring it up but you don't have to make it part of the story part of the plot or part of the story. I don't think it's not something that really needs to be brought up to pad 20 minutes into this movie. I, I I would agree with you on that. I would also agree that while I didn't necessarily love the movie, it it was very engaging. Usually when I'm watching movies, I'm kind of playing on my phone or like, you know, half paying attention. And this one, I was, I was pretty dialed in the whole movie, even though there's parts of it that really annoyed the hell out of me. What did we think of like the the kind of detective noir aspect of the movie? Um, it, it opens up with that a dame walked into the streets. This is my city kind of thing. Like uh, I, it's a bad example, but uh, you, you guys understand what I'm saying. Like it opens with that, that Blade noir. Runner. Yeah, that Blade Runner narration of just kind of explaining the, the city and what my role is within the, the city and my goals and everything. Well, yeah, go ahead, Matt. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna make a dumb joke about uh, Harrison Ford's terrible narration in Blade Runner, but <laughs> oh, oh, that hurts. Uh, that hurts. I, I, I genuinely, I just saw that movie like this year, and yeah, I you gotta watch it. the version that they they took out all of the narration where Harrison Ford's like, oh, and then I saw the thing, and I thought, is that the thing? <laughs> I better enhance that thing. Wait, you didn't see Blade Runner the original until this year? Uh, no. I uh, there's so there's a couple. Listen, I'm a huge nerd, but there are gaps in my movie culture. I actually just saw the second Aliens movie this year as well. You're broadening your horizons better late than never. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All I was right. about to defend right. you, John, uh, against Alex for like Alex, get him, get, cut him some slack. Blade Runner's niche, and then he said, "I I just saw aliens," and my heart jumped. I was like, you, "That son of a bitch just <laughs> saw aliens." <laughs> I I have. Sorry, go ahead, John. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I was gonna get us back on track and say that I liked the opening quite a bit. I could take or leave like the actual narration. Um. But one of the things that, I don't know, it, it feels, you know, noir kind of setting the tone. Um, and just like that opening scene, like, something about that bit where it, like, is, like, you know, the guys are about to beat up the other guy. And it just, you know, is, the camera is just on the dark alleyway. And all you hear is just the slow footsteps until he, like, for like an aching like a long time almost and then he finally emerges <laughs> and it's just like such an effective scene i just i think it really it really sets the tone for the movie in like a very effective way i couldn't help but compare it to batman beyond uh the different styles with the batmans as far as Batman Beyond, he's a lot more ninja-ish, I would say, if that's a word. Where he, he kind of pops in and out everywhere, grabs people, everybody's screaming, everybody's freaking the hell out because they can't figure out where that's coming from or what's going on. And this one, I felt like he got shot so much <laughs> throughout the movie. I was just like, what the hell is his body armor made out of? Is it the same stuff as Wolverine's bones? I mean, he took a shotgun blast point blank in the chest and walked it off. I was, I, I, so I, I found myself, that was one of the things I did not like about the movie is that Batman is a good hand-to-hand combatant. He's good at disappearing and reappearing where people least expect it. And this one, I felt like he was more of a tank. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of my complaints that I even carried on uh, from the trailers is you have that shot um, of a sequence that happens later in the movie where, uh, like the only part of the the moment that's lit is like all the the muzzle flashes from the guns, oh, and he's so just like walking. Th- it's it's a good, it's a it's a beautiful scene, but oh yeah, but there's no urgency to it because oh, oh Batman's impervious to bullets with this new bat suit. So like, where's the real threat unless these guys decide to like stop just blindly firing and aim for his face? Yeah, that's that's what I I thought the whole movie. I was like, you know how I would do if I saw all those bullets bouncing off his chest. I aim for his face because he doesn't even attempt to hide or cover his face, his lower part of his face at all. And he's just, just blindly taking bullets and hoping that his body armor stops it. It's one of those things like I get, I get the approach where like, okay, this, this guy, if we're treating him as somewhat realistic and not a cartoon character like Batman is, you know, he's got his, his armor is bulletproof, but I think you could, they could stand to do a couple less shots of like him actually taking one directly to the chest. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, it didn't bother me much at all, but like, I can see where the thing you want out of Batman is for him not to get shot in the first place. So yeah. Like, I could understand like, you know, maybe dialing back on that, like just maybe like 10 or 15% or something. But at the end, he takes the shotgun blast right to the chest and he gets all wounded. I mean, he yeah. he's not impervious until the script calls for it. I mean, yeah, he was wounded, per se. 
but he still fought off like six people. Uh, I guess I, I guess after he took the shotgun blast, he only fought one guy, and after, that was after he injected himself with what I'm assuming was speed. <laughs> See, but, testosterone uh, or venom or something. Yeah, supposed, yeah. Supposed to be like adrenaline, basically. Yeah, but it, but it was green, so I assumed it was venom. There was a port. He injected himself with something green. He became a badass for like t- five minutes. That was that was my problem too. I was like, uh, I don't know what that was, but it's my understanding that adrenaline, and mind you, this entire understanding is based off of other movies, is that it's a clear liquid. I would hesitate against injecting anything that's bright green directly into my, you know, femoral artery personally, but that's just me. There is also a flash drive later on in this movie that needs a thumbprint. It. Uh, 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 verification it's a, it's a thumb drive yeah i wanted to save that for later alex thanks for spoiling it <laughs> oh, that's if you're terrible. gonna if you're gonna reference it incorrectly <laughs> i'm gonna spoil it some of that some of that stuff doesn't bother me that much just because it's like you know it needs to be like that for the movie to work and i'm willing to like okay do most thumb drives require an actual thumbprint no but you know, for the thing to go, for the thing to happen, this is what needs to happen. So I'm like, whatever, it's fine. And it's got a good bit where there's an actual thumb involved. Yeah, that didn't that, that didn't bother me at all. Uh, honestly, at that point, what was but really green adrenaline? That's where we're that's where we're drawing the line. No, I don't no, care about you know, adrenaline. I don't give a shit about yeah. adrenaline. Yeah, he he. Listen, he can inject himself with whatever he wants. At that point, the only part of the movie that was really just annoying the shit out of me was how I had to turn the volume all the way up because him and Commissioner Gordon it insisted on talking like this the entire movie. Like, holy shit, can you, can you like speak up just a little bit? I'm not that old, but you guys are whispering. It's unnecessary. So I... I want to get to Alex because before you guys joined, he had mentioned that he had three pages of notes. Um, oh, man. I, I had three quiet. lines of notes, um, but uh, I did want to ask you guys about how you felt about the Batman voice, but also I uh, just because John mentioned it, I love that Commissioner Gordon's just like, come on, man. Like every time he's like, come they're on, man, bros. do me a favor. Yeah, that's the thing. They're buddies. And he's like, yeah, Jeffrey Wright in this movie is... Jeffrey Wright was fantastic as Commissioner oh, Gordon. And everything he does, but he's... So good. Oh, I hated him as Commissioner Gordon. We gotta get out of here. What? Man. Come on, bro. Yeah. He he was continuing his role. He was continuing his role as Felix Leiter, but he wasn't helping James Bond anymore. I just I couldn't I couldn't get behind him as Commissioner Gordon. And uh, well, John, I, I, it was I, nice having you on the podcast. Thanks for. <laughs> <laughs> and I I entirely think it was because he was fairly monosyllabic through most of it. Like, I feel like James Gordon, to me, in the comics or in the movies, he's kind of, like, I feel like he has an essential part. And in this movie, I feel like he he didn't talk enough. He didn't really add anything in particular to the movie. And I just, I always loved James Gordon as a, as a comic book character and as in the movies. And I just wasn't feeling him as James Gordon. Well, he's the linchpin that allows Batman to be involved in the the investigations. Otherwise, if, if exactly. Gordon's not there, then Batman can't. Batman has to do 
sneakier things, which uh, maybe could be more interesting, but it makes for a much longer movie as well. Um, but I'm going to let Alex take a couple a uh, couple minutes here to get through some of these notes and we can <laughs> offer our feedback. <laughs> I'm not going to go through my notes minute by minute. <laughs> I just, I had them broken down into, you know, like, so, you know, like at the beginning, I really dug using Ava Maria and that whole, since we're at the beginning and the tone that we buy as a, as a noir, I dug that until I got confused. <laughs> I briefly thought, oh, cool. We're not going to see, uh, we're not going to see the parents die. And I'm like, oh my God, are they doing a switcheroo and Bruce get killed his parents? <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm an idiot. I should probably pay attention. <laughs> no, I thought it was, I, I really like the first like 20, 30 minutes. I, I really dug the way they were building it. I felt like I was watching like, you know, good forties noir. I was waiting for a dame to walk in. <laughs> Other than that. Well, they had a dame one. Yeah. Yeah. They, it walks in eventually. Dame walks in eventually. I yeah I I really enjoyed the first half of the movie. I think another thing was it's just, it just too long for me. Yeah yeah I do think there were times when I was you know sitting in the theater as well where I was like this does feel like it's going on for a long time, but also like I don't know what I would necessarily cut out to make it like significantly shorter. Oh I know exactly what I would cut out. Well let's hear it hit 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 me. I really like Selena. I even dug the penguin. I liked the new Batmobile. I, I I eventually got over the fact that I was wondering, did they film outside? And was it literally raining every day they went outside, outside to film? Because I was just it's like, why is it always raining? <laughs> it's always raining in Gotham City. Yeah. There, then there's like a few establishing shots. I'm like, hey, it's not raining. Cut to night. Raining. But to jump way towards the end, if this movie ended... With that scene in Arkham with the Riddler in the Batman, where I was like, holy crap, he keeps saying Bruce Wayne. It Does he actually realize that Batman's Bruce Wayne? And then it turns out, no, he doesn't. He didn't make that, Riddler didn't make that connection. And that's where it ends with, he's like, you're not my friend. What are you talking about? We're friends. We're doing this together. No, we're not. And, and then the Riddler starts doing that little cry, laughy thing he did. If that movie ended right there with Batman walking out, like, cool, I got him. I'm still protected. I would have probably said this is the third best Batman movie. I can but see then that. there's 50 more minutes of bullshit that doesn't make sense. There's literally moments in this movie where I'm like, Batman has done nothing to help anyone save anything, do anything at all. In fact, he's made things worse. And then it kept going. I do think like the the climax where it's like, okay, there's like a bunch of guys that are following the Riddler's example and they're attacking the press conference slash flood escape zone and Batman has to stop him. Like, I think that is maybe not like the best way to end the movie. And you get the sense that maybe it's like, well, the movie needs to end with like a big action set piece. But I also think like, that's also important because this movie is about among other things like Batman, Bruce Wayne, Starting in the place that, like, oh, I think a lot of people want to see Batman as, which is just, like, the guy that is, like, super badass and, like, just beats the shit out of people to, like, the person who is, like, more than that, who is a symbol, who is, like, a hero, who is, like, actually actively 
helping people on a wide scale. And I don't think that you get there. Maybe there's another way to get there, but you know, the scene where he like effectively, you know, cuts the rope without knowing if he's going to make it. And then leading people out of the, the building basically and helping rescue people that feels like the culmination of that for better or worse. You know, I don't know that the arc is necessarily complete unless you get something resembling what actually happens at the end of the movie. I, I'm glad that you mentioned him cutting the the rope uh, because when it happened, I was I was very shocked by his choice to cut above where he was holding on. Yeah, I, I was like, why wouldn't you? Uh, why wouldn't you hang on to the rope and just cut below your hand, and then you don't have to f- fall a hundred feet into water with your apparently impervious suit. Yeah, but it's symbolic, baby. <laughs> but that's that's part of the point that I didn't like because he lands in the water, like, oh, okay, he dies for the second time in three minutes. Yeah, and then he goes to the scaffolding, rescues the mayor elect, and then a bunch of other people, and he's leading them away from scaffolding they can climb up on top of and be safe and dry through raging water that is still pouring in to nothing. <laughs> it's symbolic (laughs) so batman is leading people to doom (laughs) the mechanics aren't important it's the saving that matters and then the very dramatic rooftop i'm going to carry one person across this entire roof to a single stretcher (laughs) that is you saw he picked a kid he was tired (laughs) i imagine the venom wore off (laughs) yeah he's the he's not stoned anymore he's like Wow, that shotgun blast actually did some internal damage. And my ribs hurt for yeah. some reason. And if I don't carry a kid, I'm gonna fall down. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I need some more of that venom. To kind of follow up in this thread, uh I honestly did not find any of the Riddler's stuff compelling at all. What? Uh the the inter- the scene where he r- meets up with the Riddler in Arkham. Uh, the Bruce Wayne, that whole sequence was a complete waste of time with him yes. not knowing who Bruce Wayne is. Yes. I, I did not care for that sequence. And really, I, do, I don't feel like the Riddler was necessary to any of this. You could have still made three fourths of a, you, this movie could have been like three fourths as long. And you could have gotten rid of the Riddler completely and make it a story about the drops. And then you have, you can still do the uh the parents subplot where bruce finds out that uh his parents lied to him but they actually didn't but they did but they didn't and uh he can solve the mystery of his parents murder which isn't a thing and it gave me some really bad amazing spider-man vibes i don't think that's the point of that but go on i i mean i'm i'm sure i'm probably great grazing over it but like it especially that interrogation scene like it, it just felt like a complete waste of time to me after it, it, the reveal of he, the Riddler doesn't know or care who Batman is under the mask. He only cares that Batman is Batman and he's trying to clean up the city, but they have different methods of doing so. But that's such a good scene of Paul Dano just being a weird little guy, which is like so much of this movie is like people being co- cool, weird little guys. Listen, when, <laughs> it, when, when, that, <laughs> Go ahead. That did not that did not fit with the tone of the movie though. Like it was extremely out there. 
And then we are also going to talk about the five minute deleted scene of the Joker. I don't know if all of you Sucks. have seen it, Such but hopefully you've at least. <laughs> I love this yeah. movie. I, at least better for not having that scene in it. It sucks. Okay, we'll just get into it now then. Yeah, because yeah, that scene sucks. And that Joker prosthetic is disturbingly awful. Like it's gross and it's bad. <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, also, I, I would like to point out that when they finally caught the... I'm sorry, Alex. When they finally caught the Riddler and you see his face for the first time, I was really hoping it was going to be Jim Carrey. <laughs> I not with you. I was, I, was, I was really excited. I was like, oh, please let it be Jim Carrey. Because... When I get excited about a movie uh, coming up, I don't watch any trailers for it. So I had no idea what was going on with this movie. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I I have a guest. This isn't the thing you guys need to notice. I have a guest spot coming up on the Geeky Dad podcast uh, where we're going to talk about the uh, we're going to talk about Batman forever. And if you recently have seen that version of the Riddler as I have, you'll notice that they wear the same glasses. Oh, interesting. Really? They wear transparent, thick frames. Interesting. That, but that seems great because that's also him just being a weird little guy where he's just like, he's just sitting there and he's like, I ordered some pie. Yeah. And... They, they, they made <laughs> yes. him a lot weirder than I was expecting. I thought he was kind of going to end up being like a mercenary working for somebody or just, it's just his like need to show everybody that he know he's smarter than everybody. Yeah. And then it turned out he was just, I, I don't even know, just crazy, just a psycho. I, I And I, I forgave this because I, I, I do, you know, forgive creative licensing. That's usually not the Riddler's motivation. Right. So I was, I was surprised by that. Yeah. He's driven by finding the answers and the fact that he doesn't care about who Batman, I mean, he kind of justifies it because he says the Batman is who you are, who you are underneath doesn't matter. That feels more like a Joker response to me than it does a Riddler response. I was thinking the same thing because they reference that a lot in the comics where the, where the Joker's like, I don't care who you are underneath the mask. Because uh, like he, he's just, all, all Batman is to him is Batman. There's no, there's no nuance to it. There's no subtlety. There's no undertone. It's just, Batman and the Joker. He doesn't care what, what his face is underneath. What he really cares about is you need to like and subscribe with his video and, and go to his Patreon page for <laughs> um, to see what tiers are available. Because once he hits tier three, that's when you can all volunteer to find out which seven boats expl- uh, bands explode around the wall. <laughs> that part at the end where he find where they finally play that video. I swear they did film that with Paul Dano at his house because it is such a different performance. And it really is like really bad YouTubers that I've seen recently where it's like, I was going to say it reminded me of Patrick H. Willems at the end of all of his oh, videos. Just kind of like, Hey guys, yeah, but that's, thanks. That's thanks a, for that's a good YouTuber though. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. But I'm just saying like it, the feel of it, it, it felt kind of like, Okay, I've finished the bit. Now let's let's get real and let's talk here. Let's talk, everybody. All five hundred and like three of you that are that are watching and reacting right now, except the comments aren't scrolling, which would happen if people are talking to you. <laughs> so I didn't even recognize the Riddler. What else has he been in? Uh, he gets his head beat in, and there will be blood. Yep. yep. He was also in Little Miss Sunshine. Yep. Those are the big. Um, I mean, no. He's he's a big indie actor. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say I don't, I I'm not familiar with either one of those. I know the, there will be blood was a 
was it saw 38 or whatever it was but <laughs> i uh uh after after the first couple it just seemed like torture porn so i stopped watching them <laughs> there will be blood is a fantastic movie with performance by daniel day lewis <laughs> with only a little bit of a porn overtone <laughs> i mean it's you know it's what he does hey i'm not i'm not judging i'm just i'm just it's just not my gig <laughs> Uh, to your to your previous point, Josh, about being able to like excise the Riddler from the movie, I think that might be possible, but I don't like know just because like so much of the the plot of the movie is about like the corruption and Gotham City being exposed, and I don't know how you get that without some kind of driving force being like the thing who is both like exposing it and also being a sensibly to some level of a threat. So like you could do a movie where Batman's exposing the crime or the corruption, but you know, there's a, I feel like it's a very different movie where it's not just like a matter of like cutting him out because so much of the like driving action. Yeah. The, there would have to be some significant rewrites to it, but again, I feel like you could still have Batman pulling on those threads and maybe give Jim Gordon a bigger role. Excuse me one second. And that, that kind of helps create the synergy to uh, help unravel the plot. You can still have Catwoman doing her thing. um, And again, that can help kind of move the plot along, but uh, like among other things too, like he didn't necessarily even have to be the Riddler. He, in this movie, he could have been hush. Like that could have, oh, other than the cool. fact that it's Paul well, Dano. I mean, you want him like, to, be a, you want can- to be a good villain, first of all. That's why he's touched. <laughs> he's going to be a good villain. Whoa. Uh, fair, fair point. Uh, I'm going I'm to disagree, I'm going to disagree with you on that, but I'm, I'm going to hold back my nerd rage. <laughs> uh, I, I think they could have collapsed the Riddler's part in the movie quite a bit and changed his motivation just a little bit and it would have taken so much less of him acting just like a freaking lunatic and what was with that scene with batman where he just kept punching the glass i think that was the um arkham scene yeah it's the arkham yeah scene. yeah i know i know and i know like batman was frustrated but i was also like it, it seems like like he it seemed like a little kid <laughs> just being super pissed off because he kept hitting the wall and there's zero like reaction. Like I expected like the glass, the, the glass to crack or something like that because he's punching it with his, his gigantic plate mail fist. <laughs> but uh, speaking of, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to come back on that, but nothing happened to the glass. So it just to me, like seemed like uh, it just didn't seem very Batmanish to me. They they needed to recreate the where is she moment. Yeah, where's that? Um. <laughs> also, I thought Batman was way too skinny. I'm gonna say it. I thought the armor did a pretty good job of um, of hiding that. But yeah, when when they were doing the montage of him trying to figure out the the puzzles, like I was like, yeah, he's really lanky. That like, was maybe the scene that. You know, I know, again, I know it's like symbolism and it's like taking artistic license, but I was like, you got a wall, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you putting that all on your floor? And like, why are you drawing on it? Like, you could just like put a, a, put paper down, man. (laughs) 
the Wayne Manor being a tower was so weird to me. I didn't realize it was a tower until they basically he said, "Oh yeah, we gave away the mansion." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I guess that building they I thought I didn't realize that was a tower." But cuz it was so very like we've recreated a mansion inside of a house. Yeah. But then it threw off Beauty and the Beast vibes when he's like, are my parents bad? And he goes to the West Wing and it's literally with like gigantic chains over the door. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, please let there be a floating rose behind this. Come on, come on. <laughs> I, I think the uh, singing teapot was what really sold that that, uh, <laughs> that scene for me. Thank you. No, I, I, I think that uh, he would have been a great Nightwing. Mm. Like he had the look... And body type of Nightwing, where I, I feel like Batman's always a lot more buff and huge, and Nightwing's more like slim and like flexible and athletic. I think he would have been a great Nightwing. I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong, but I also think he he's like a good Batman. Like, you know, Christian Bale wasn't like he like bulked up for the role, but he wasn't like a huge ripped dude. Neither was Keaton. He didn't get as big as like Ben Affleck did for Batman v Superman. Say what you will about that horrible movie. Ugh. Ben Affleck looked like what you would picture well, Batman to, to be. Like, I think a lot of times the suit is doing a lot of the work where like Ben Affleck was not as big as that suit in that movie made it look. Especially no, like, definitely know, not. Especially the armor suit later on and the one in Justice League and all that. I'm I'm referring more just to like the the CrossFit sequence from that movie. I've only seen that movie once in my life, but I still remember that CrossFit sequence. It's like, damn, he looks like Batman. Yeah. I just I mean, it teach their own. Obviously, that's just not a thing that bugged me that much. Where I, you know, oh, it didn't it didn't bug me. I I I I would be I, the only thing that bugged me was that there was no to me there's no differentiation between the Batman personality and the Bruce Wayne personality. Sure. Uh, he was just Batman in a t-shirt. Well, that was basically part of the the story too, with what we were getting in the end is uh, kind of like what we were talking about with Spider-Man in the Marvel movies, where each of his solo movies is like, now he's Spider-Man. And it feels like that's kind of what they're doing here is like, now he's Batman. And he kind of understands more that like Bruce Wayne can do more and Batman can do more. Like they don't have to, one doesn't have to exist when, and the other one becomes non-existent. Like they can work in sim, uh, symbolic, uh, symbiosis. It, it can work yeah. symbiosis. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like that's kind of what the ending was going for. See, I thought that really worked for me. I also, was... they cheesed. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Alex. They also teased blood, blood Haven at the end. So they better bring in Dick they, Grayson in the sequel. They name dropped it. That's not the same as a tease. <laughs> Yeah, they can't. They can't do a year two Batman with a with a rock with a already with a Nightwing. Like, how quick was that relationship? I'm, I mean, I, know- I said Dick Gray. Did I? Didn't I say Dick Grayson? I didn't say Nightwing. I just said they're cheesing Bloodhaven. Oh, okay. Or they're, they're talking about Bloodhaven, so that uh, means that eventually Nightwing can go there, but uh, they, they uh, have to get to Dick Grayson and Robin first. I was just say I know he recycles through Robins at what many would consider <laughs> to be a dangerous pace. But I think even that would be quick to send one out. Like, okay, you got this city now. Good luck not getting shot in the face. <laughs> and all, yeah, I, I didn't give you an armored helmet like I wear. Uh, that's that's for me. Yeah, you better bring in some cash if you want one of those. No, they got to go comic book accurate. He's got to find a thirteen year old, and that's what's going to happen. Just throw a and make him fight in his underwear. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta throw a thirteen year old out there. That's what we do. 
Yeah, and I I think the fact that there's nothing troubling at all about the fact that he put him in a bright costume that attracts everybody's attention, and he wears a black body armor that covers his entire body. There's nothing troubling about that at all. Not in the comic book world, no. No. So get off your high horse and shut up. No matter how many Robins die. (laughs) Hey, listen, you need bait. Only only one. Well, technically two if you count Damien, but he's back. They're both back. And so is the other one. They have killed. Okay, they also killed Tim Drake at one point. They yeah, but they like they went back on that immediately. We're getting t- we're getting yeah. in the weeds here. We're get we are yeah. getting in the weeds, but I'm all I'm saying is that uh, Batman's basically a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> so what what did we think of the new bat suit? I dig it, except for one part in particular. They did so many close-ups of his jaw and face that I realized that the stitching around the nose makes it look like he has perpetually a broken nose with a bandage on, on top of it. It is really... It, maybe maybe it's intentional to hide that very obvious nose that Bruce Wayne has. It's very weird. Like, when I finally noticed it, I could not look away. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the... Did he break his nose last scene? And he's, like, enforced it? No? No? Okay, cool. But I dug the suit. I really like. I loved the reveal, as we as was mentioned earlier by uh, one of the mats, of him walking up with the, with the stomping. <laughs> I thought that it looked amazingly well in the um, the man with no name moment, where he's walking up from an explosion with the cape blown in the background, and they decided to add um, spurs jingling the entire time as it walks up to the penguin. <laughs> I like the suit. I really dug it. I think that uh, he's doing a pretty. I, I think that. He, for always being Batman, basically he sold it in the suit looked really damn good. Yeah. And like, you know, one of the, we were talking about Ben Affleck before. And one of the great things about for better or worse, that movie is like, that is a very good, like approximation of like a comics accurate ish suit. Right. Yeah. Where like, I, th- I like, I like that. I love that more superheroes wearing their real clothes. Um, this one feels like it's like something that somebody would put together and wear, which is like not something you see a ton in the movies, which is, you know, it, that feels a little weird because all of the suits are something somebody made and wore because they are live action. But like, you know, all of the, like the Nolan suits and like the, the Burton era movie suits feel like very... I'll put it this way, like the like the the Nolan suits really feel like they're trying to explain the body armor aspect of it, like in in universe where it's like this the functionality of everything. Yeah, like yeah. This, this very like high tech thing that was made by Wayne by Wayne Corp, which we have a whole explanation of in that first movie in Batman Begins, where this feels like a thing that like somebody you know made with a, with thoughtfulness of how it protects you, but it feels like okay, this is like a thing. This feels like a real clothes that you made you know um, yeah so i like i like that vibe quite a bit uh i'm gonna so my input on the suit uh it's, it's kind of strange but i'm just gonna say i loved the collar yeah loved the collar yeah. i don't know why but every time i saw that collar i was like that collar looks pretty good on him it does yeah. i i it has absolutely no function whatsoever i don't know if he tucks his cape in there i don't know if he pulls it up when he gets cold <laughs> but damn it i love that collar it's where he yeah. tucks in the wingsuit oh there yep that that m- might be it 
Maybe he keeps snacks in there. I don't know, but <laughs> I loved the collar. Uh, I did like the bat suit in general. Uh, this I I kept. I mean, I felt like his his gauntlets were a little strange, but much less strange than having a very small utility belt that apparently has everything to fight from common muggers to Superman. <laughs> so I I mean these 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 limitless little pouches that he's got. So yeah, I think, I think overall, I really liked the suit a lot. It's just the gauntlets were a little weird to me. Yeah. The, the suit reminded me of uh, the Arkham games, really, especially the gauntlets. The gauntlets looked like they came straight out of, uh, I think Arkham Knight, where he's got like the heavier duty armor. Um, yeah. Uh, I still am not sure how I feel about the cowl. Like, I think I like the big mouth opening, uh, I think that looks really good, but the like the head portion with like the stitching, it, it just feels off to me. But I I don't know. It, it's it's just a, a weird aesthetic choice for me. Uh, but overall, yeah, I really enjoyed the the costume. It, it looks like something out of the Arkham games, and it does seem like it has a lot of functionality. I like that the grappling gun is like a cool little like piece that he just kind of like extends his arm and like cocks it, and then it just pops out. And then he, That's cool. he, yeah. he uses it like tactically as well as practically he, like shoots people through the leg just to kind of buy himself a couple of bits of time. Um, they're speaking of Batman shooting. Uh, there's no gun usage in this with this Batman, which is great. Um, but there are there is one moment where you could argue that he at least allowed someone to die. Uh, when they're fighting on top of the the big scoreboard in the middle of the not Madison Square Garden, um, he like dives out of the way and someone else gets shot from the, the Riddler thugs. And it's like, hmm, I, I feel like Batman would still know that that person was there and go I, the I'm other not way. I'm going to hold that against him. <laughs> no, he it's still one of those like he allowed the person to die kind of moments for me. Well, I, I feel like Batflick or Batfleck. Uh, killed about a thousand people yes. in the first like thirty seconds of that movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna allow this uh, death by inactivity. I think. <laughs> also, I would I would like to say I was as I was talking about the the collar, I realized w- where I'd seen it. Like as soon as I got done talking, it was Batman by Gaslight. He had oh, a yeah. collar that was very similar to that, oh, and I really liked that. I really dug that costume. Yeah, it's got that kind of pea coat pop collar thing going on. Yes. And that's one of the one of the cool things about this movie, I think, and maybe this is me reading too much into it, or someone who has read way too many Batman <laughs> comics. No such thing. Um, is that like it feels like it is intentionally or not drawing on a bunch of different sources, like the weirdness of this movie where like Bruce Wayne's a weird guy, like a bunch of guys in this are weird. There's like a weird <laughs> yeah. it's like a weird vibe throughout the entire movie it reminds me of like Morrison Batman and like Snyder Batman in tone, if not quite in aesthetic, where you know those are, those are much more colorful, actiony comic books. The stuff with his parents, like I don't know that I've seen that in a comic book, where like his parents are not like just the nice, wonderful people that you think they are, but like the Telltale Batman games, which are kind of underrated, is like all about that, where they're like much, much more of like shitty rich people as opposed to the philanthropist always see him depicted as and like you mentioned Gotham by Gaslight and like the Arkham stuff where it feels like it's pulling from just all kinds of sources that like 
every time I recognized something or felt like I recognized something, I was like, oh, that that makes sense. I I like that. <laughs> so it's just very, very cool to see it like taking from all these sources, like I said, knowingly or not, and making this thing out of it. Yeah. I know Matt Reeves did say that the long Halloween was a big influence on this too, which I What's mean that? that that one is a that one is very obvious if if you've read it. Um, especially with some of the Selena stuff. To me, I, I got I kept getting a heavy overtone overtone of Batman Earth One. Have you guys read that one? I have not read it, but I am familiar enough with with it that I could I could see that. That's that's what I kept thinking of when I was when I was watching it. The suit, obviously, they pulled in from a, a bunch of different Batman's uh, costumes over the years. Uh, but I, I I kept I felt like the storyline was was more Batman Earth One than classic Batman, uh, whatever, whatever universe they're in now. Well, like the my understanding is like the Alfred of that book is like a little more. You know, he's always got the military background, but that Alfred feels like I think he's like a little more hands on. Yeah, there's like a scene where he like literally fights a guy with a shotgun, and like I can see I can see Andy Circus, you know, busting out a shotgun as needed. Yeah, and he also said mentioned how he t- taught Bruce how to fight. Yeah, which in the Batman Earth One, he did a bit of that too. He he helped train Batman basically, and that's and I was so I was like, yeah, that Alfred is definitely more Batman Earth One at the very least. But I also felt like just his interactions with Commissioner Gordon were more, uh, or I'm sorry, Lieutenant Gordon at the time were much more much less less comfortable than the other Batman would be. Yeah, and mentioning uh Bruce's training, uh, that's one of the weird pitfalls of doing a movie that kind of skips over the origin story cuz like I do kind of want to know, did he train with the League of Shadows? Do they exist in this universe or was it strictly just trial and error plus Alfred's training and then he he just kind of read up on a bunch of books and maybe met up with some monks or something like wh- how is he trained to be able to do all this? And like, he's talking about uh, through the the narration in certain points about how he needs to be a better detective and stuff too. So it's, it is really kind of like you're establishing this character without giving him too much backstory, but part of the back, the backstory is kind of what makes him interesting as well to a point. So like, yeah, we don't get to see, John and no, John, Jim, what's Thomas Thomas Wayne. Thank you. Uh, We don't see Thomas and Martha Wayne getting shot again, uh, but we also don't see how Bruce Wayne kind of became Batman. I mean, we, we just see him as this vigilante and we see him transition from being the, the vigilante of vengeance to the vigilante of hope, I guess, which DC is all loving this like hope theme all of a sudden. Yeah, I thought it was a, a kind of an odd choice at the end to go with. Uh, it it really kind of ruined for me how Batman's this creature of the night that you know some people don't even believe actually exists, but he's out in daylight hobbling around pulling people out of water, and they're like, "Oh, Batman was there!" And look, there he is right now, just <laughs> in front of God and everybody carrying this kid that anybody else could have picked up, but he had to do it. <laughs> he felt a kinship with him. His his dad died. Come on. Even though Batman 
definitely best case scenario has some broken ribs. But like, that's the point, right? Where I don't, I don't know if it's so much hope as like, if I was to categorize it, I would categorize it as like justice or something that's not just like blind rage because like this is for so much of this movie he sort of is the batman that like people who are reductive will say that the character is right where he's just the guy that runs around and like beats up poor people and yeah like beats the shit out of people and you know i think you could argue that you know it's it's good that he saved this guy from getting beat up by a bunch of guys in makeup but you know how much is that actually doing to help the city right where that's also part of his motivation is like what am i doing anything that's actually helping where at the end for better maybe it's kind of corny maybe it's kind of cheesy he has become like the symbol of something besides just being vengeance as he has been saying this whole movie um, i think that is that's an important thing for Batman because like, you know, he's, he's the creature of the night, but he's also the guy that like, he also hangs out on a satellite in space with Superman, you know? I, it was definitely a, uh, I feel like a, a journey of discovery for the movie. I, I would agree with you on that where he, he had a basic concept of what he wanted, but then as he was going through, he realized that he was actually not helping the way he was hoping to, to and he had to evolve how he was doing it alex i feel terrible i feel like i've been talking (laughs) a lot and i haven't heard from you in like 10 minutes i was still alive i was just gonna transition into saying alex please pull open your book of of notes i'll say one more thing and then i'll shut up for a minute as far as like the (laughs) training and the backstory goes i don't think that's something that bothers me that much about this movie if only because like First of all, we've seen that movie. They made a movie that was like that. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't mean to make it sound like it, it deters from the movie. Again, it's just a question that I have. Because, sure. like, again, know, I, I even that. just even just name dropping, like, oh, yeah, the shadows, whatever. Like, okay, he trained with the shadows. Cool. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm able to, able and willing to infer a lot just from the context. But anyway, that's, I was going to say that earlier and I wanted to make sure I said it. So, Alex. No, I, I. I, I don't need another origin story. I don't care where he came from. It, it's actually one of the things I appreciated about Spider-Man Homecoming is they didn't, he didn't obviously mention, oh yeah, I was bit by a radioactive spider. It was like, yeah, something kind of happened and you know, stuff got weird. But this is something I've, I've kind of thought about since the movie came out in the very first scene where he and um, he and Alfred are hanging out together. They got out of the way two things that i appreciated one he's neglectful of everything that's going on with the finances of the wayne institute and they're right. running out of money which eventually comes back to bite him in the ass because if he had been paying attention or done any of those finance audits he would have noticed that the renewal fund was being pillaged by everybody yeah which shows that he is being neglectful of as bruce which i was like oh cool and they didn't they didn't reference that really other than like oh yeah the renewal fund's been being pillaged forever it's like yeah at the beginning of the movie there was a scene you're supposed to meet with the financiers and you've been avoiding it but also they got out of the way very quickly the whole you're not my dad thing yeah which i was like when are they going to do that are they going to do this later are they going to do this in scene three are they going to do this in scene five no right away you're not my dad yeah i know anyway you got to meet you got to meet up with the financiers soon well that's another thing right because like the, the thing about Alfred 
is that for all his purposes, Alfred is Bruce Wayne's dad, you know, or one of his dads. Yeah. So I like I appreciate that that's part of his arc too, that he comes to appreciate Alfred and what he does for him and what he does has done for him. That was kind of a weird, a weird point for me because the whole like "you're not my dad" was also something to me that like screamed of such a a, a like a deep seated child issue. Uh, that's like you're not my dad. Like you can't tell me what to do. You know, it's. I mean, I feel like I didn't really feel like it was necessary to the movie, and I I also felt like, like you said, Alfred's always existed as a. I mean, he's a servant to to Bruce Wayne, but he also exists as like a father figure. And, you know, he gives, dispenses advice. He helps him solve crimes in some ways. He's always got something under his hat, you know. But I feel like the whole you're not my dad thing, it, it didn't really help in anything to me. It just seemed kind of pointless. Right, which is why I'm glad they got rid of it so soon. That yeah, you're going to have this whiny, emo Nirvana playing uh, Batman. Get that out of the way really quickly so we can move on. Because it almost seems like, yeah, you're not my dad. Yeah, I know. And then the very next scene is, by the way, not only am I reading the paper and I have your stack of mail here, but I'm also solving your ciphers. Right. Yes. But yeah, and I think I think that scene is only there. I don't disagree with any particular point. I think that scene is only there so later, you know, Bruce Wayne doesn't care about himself. In t- at this point, but later on, there are some stakes that make him realize what he does, what he does have to lose. Right. Um, so I think you guys are right, but I also think it does serve a purpose. It's maybe getting there slightly less elegantly as one might hope. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Cause yeah, it, the being so blunt about it just kind of, yeah, it, it does scream more childishness than it does, I'm angry at the world and I'm trying to fix it in my own weird vigilante way. Yeah. I'm angry at the world. I'm going to, I'm going to address that by punching poor people and sociopaths. (laughs) No, nobody look at me too closely, please. So Alex, I have a quick question for you. Go for it. How did you feel about the remix of the empire strikes back theme to be the new Batman theme? (laughs) When you actually pointed that out, and I went and listened to it, I'm like, "Gosh, damn it!" <laughs> it's it is it's basically it's dun dun. It, they basically yeah. just took out like two beats uh, uh, it, instead of dun 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 dun. It's dun dun bum bum. Like you're you're just ripping off the March of the Empire, but you got to throw in the spur jingle. The spurs got to be jingling <laughs> while that's happening. <laughs> It's a good theme. I, I'm sorry. It's good. It's yeah. good, actually. Oh, it is. It, it's fantastic. I did notice that it sounded remarkably similar. Uh, some would say troublingly so, but I, I also enjoyed it. I, I thought it was. I, I thought it, with one, if there was one thing about this movie that I thought was complete without fault, it was like the sound and like the music and everything else. I thought it was was pretty good as far as that goes. DC typically knows how to make a, a decent Batman movie. So yeah, I, again, I just, I don't think the theme is bad. I just, again, every time I heard it, I was just like, that's the March of the empire. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I thought was just mildly weird that when I was in the theater, I was like, are they going to like draw attention to this? Is that there's like, there's a, a long 
portion of this movie where Batman and Commissioner Gordon guess, apparently correctly, that when someone says a rat with wings, they mean something other than a A bat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was pissing me off. That was so painful. Where the penguin references it, but like the whole time where someone is like, you know, you have this guy who is literally obsessed with Batman mentions a rat with wings and they're like stool pigeon. That's what? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was having a same, uh, that really annoyed the crap out of me. I was like a, a, a rat with wings. That's literally what you call what people call bats. I, how, what is the confusion here? And it just made me realize that this like Batman earth too, he's not the world's greatest detective yet. He's, he's got some work in that but department. They're right. Punch people. The is they're is there right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this world has a different phrase that means rat with wings. And that, that's true. And that eventually it meant falcone, falcon. I'm like, uh... that was a, that was a, that was a stretch. That was a that stretch. was a big can... stretch. But also, penguins don't have wings; they have flippers. John, Ooh. you're an animal. You're an animal expert. You know this. <laughs> we well, I think it's important that we we point out that. While I am an animal expert, it'd be more appropriate to say I'm great at making up animal facts. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what the correct term is. I I would assume it's 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 wings. And I'm googling because this. it's a bird. But uh, I am 99 certain that penguins are considered to have wings. flippers. Penguins are birds, so they are considered to have wings. Boom! I call bullshit. That's a <laughs> name drop. That's according to uh, Ocean Service NOAA.gov. No, you can't trust the government. Come on. <laughs> Listen, in, in my podcast, we call that a Matt fact, <laughs> and uh, I just went on record that I actually got one right for for a change. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, but it's a Matt fact, so oh, that's really, <laughs> so really painful. So our Matt gets credit for it. Yeah, I'm taking credit. No, since, I don't... since you're John here. <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's fair. Uh, Alex, are you weeping into your notes yet? No, <laughs> no. But I do want just like I I I do want to say um we have gone like an hour now and we haven't mentioned other than casually by throwing out Dame once the female <laughs> lead of this movie, which makes us horribly sexist. Yeah, that's we fair. talked about Catwoman Four a couple guys times. In a podcast, you yeah. mention the one guy in the movie. Sorry. I, Listen, I thought she was a, an excellent Catwoman. She's great. Uh, I have no complaints whatsoever about her performance at all. She was, I she was perfect. She looked straight perfect. out of the comics. Like it was, yes. it, she was fantastic. I um, am not like, I wish that just in terms of like the outfit, I don't dislike her like Catwoman outfit. I wish it was a little more than just like, the the beanie or like the face mask that suggests a cat as opposed to just like giving her you know she's got the leather suit just finish it and give her yeah the, yeah the headwear you know Other yeah like that, the, okay. the beanie just happens to have cat ears or something yeah like it, I, I don't even think they were meant to be cat ears it just looked like extra fabric yeah um like she just didn't put it on all the way which i was like listen if you're gonna be like breaking into places i think extra fabric is something you really don't want on your costume right also the mask didn't really cover anything 
Although it was, to me, it reminded me a lot of Batman the Animated Series Catwoman. Yeah. Where it's just like, it it's 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 kind of like a face thong. It doesn't cover anything. Like we know what's underneath. You're not you're not surprising us. Like it's it's all there. We can see it. I really I really dug her performance, and she sold some lines that I objectively look at the paper. And as an actor, you got to go. I have to sell this piece of crap. <laughs> With Batman going, yeah, a lot of cats. And she goes, I have a thing about straights. She nailed that line because I went. Oh, that is horrible! But you you sold that. Okay, I'm, I, I forgive the, I forgive the writer briefly. <laughs> I think I like I said I I had no problems with any part of her performance. I I was genuinely very impressed by her. I I just love their relationship too. Like Bruce Wayne has real. I have a crush on a girl for the first time. Energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the only things that like I. I can't criticize her performance. I criticize set design. Like they show the microwave and it's piles and piles of cans of kitty kibble, like all over the place. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't see that, but I, I'm just, I, I go into a lot of people's homes and I'm just, I can, I can actually taste the smell right now. <laughs> that's, the, that's something that's going to bother me. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's something John does in his free time though, just so you know. So like if someone just randomly walks into your house, it's just John. Don't worry about it. I was about to ask no matter about what her. they look like it's just john yeah it's nothing to worry about i will leave briefly probably but then that actually made me laugh because at the end because you know they show her with all this cats all over the house the fridge open for lighting as my um as my spouse pointed out when i was like who leaves their fridge door open all this time and then grabs milk to drink out of it like that that's going to be spoiled milk and then she's like well there's no light in the entire scene i'm like okay well, at the end of the movie, she's got so many cats, and she yeah. leaves the city with one. Yeah, she leaves with one. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. At the end of it, she has all these cats, and at the end of it, she has one tucked into like the kitty carrier on her back of her motorcycle. Where are the rest of your cats? Batman's going to have the rest delivered. They they came up with an agreement. She's going to take her favorite, and then Batman will just bring the rest when they have their hookup. They have a date. It's fine. He's got to investigate Bloodhaven too, so that eventually he can send Nightwing there. It it would have been a much less flirty driving end scene if she had been driving a pound truck, which is what she would have needed to transport all those cats. All right, and we all know, like, unless they have individual cages in there, all those cats ain't gonna make it to the end. Somebody's gonna get pissed. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath in there. So they had to figure something out. I think she just picked her favorite and was like, the rest of them. She's like, well, I'll. Uh, Leave some food out. Good luck. Don't die in this <laughs> this city that's half underwater. Don't worry, Aquaman will be along shortly to rescue you. But I I really dug her performance, and there was little moments where I, where the character did things I was hoping, like um, the raiding the drop factory uh, facility, and she is going for the bag of money, but then everything goes sideways. And they show her, like, dart around on her motorcycle, knock over a guy. I'm like, grab the money, grab the money. And she grabs the bag of money. I'm like, yes! You're not abandoning your plan. You are motivated. You are getting shit done. You are doing your thing. You have the bag of money. That you can only afford one cat to take away at the end, though. <laughs> so, so me and my wife only watched half of this movie last night because I didn't realize when we started that it was a, a three-hour movie. <laughs> and... I had I had adulting to do today. Like mistakes namely, were made. Just, yeah, namely just go to work 
was the adulting I had to do today. Um, but during that scene, my wife literally cheered. <laughs> She's yeah. like, yes! <laughs> I know your wife. I can imagine that scene exactly. Yeah, right she now. was... <laughs> She was very excited about about Selena get, grabbing all that money. Oh yeah, that was great. And that well, that scene precedes like one of me. It might be my favorite sequence in the entire movie, which is like there is a like five to ten minute sequence in the middle of this movie that is it just becomes a monster movie, and the monster is the Batmobile, and it just oh, yeah. it fucking rules. <laughs> oh yeah. It. <laughs> I legit thought that he drove the motorcycle there and then it shows the, like the like the revving up and apparently the front of the car, the grill, they put LEDs behind for red. And I'm like, okay, I'm digging this. This is good. Yeah. Just penguin being like terrified and like the, I finally got him and he fucking burst out of the fire. I was like, all right, this movie rules. (laughs) Uh, my, my, my wife sort of ruined that part for me. She goes, he didn't blow him up. He's about to come through that fire watch. <laughs> I'm like, why would you say that? Yeah, why, know that. Why, I, yeah I know that was going to happen, but you you saying that just, just assured me that that scene meant nothing. My immersion. Yeah. It was in all the trailers. Oh, I didn't watch a single trailer for this movie. I know. I was just spoiling it. <laughs> now I can go back and watch them all. So I have like two more questions to get through. Hopefully we can get through this in the next like 10 to 20 minutes. Um, but there, there is an anecdote I want to share real quick. Back when Batman begins came out, Matt and I went to the midnight show and John, you just happened to be there with our buddy T. And so we, we sat behind you and we watched the movie. And I remember, did you see us holding hands? I just remember you and Matt having this big conversation about how, Back in 2005, Matt had this opinion of there has never been a good live action Batman movie. And once Batman Begins rolls credits, I just remember Matt leaning over to you going, that's a fucking Batman movie. (laughs) And so Matt, having nearly 17 more years of experience, 17 growth (laughs) and growth. Yes. Where where would you put this on the Batman movie scale? Oh, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know that I've ranked them and I don't know that I've ranked them recently. Like I like Batman begins a lot. I don't know that I would like so forcefully say that now, Um, (laughs) but I I do like that movie a lot. Um, And I think I, I have grown to appreciate what many of those movies previous movies do even if i don't think they're particularly good batman movies <laughs> i mean I'll, i mean look batman and robin rules because oh. because it is it is specifically riffing on batman 66 that it, that rules i'm sorry the 1989 batman movie was fantastic I will not hear you besmirch it again. All right, you've gone of- seventeen years with this argument, Matt. <laughs> the Batman nineteen eighty nine was fantastic. Yes. you just have to admit it. There's a lot of good stuff. Thank in that you, movie. Alex. Uh, no, 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 no. You're done talking right now, Matt. I'm talking to the other Matt. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. You can continue to sneak into my house whenever you want because you are right. <laughs> I'm glad you have no objections to me watching you sleep. <laughs> right, but. Answer the question as best I can. 
Uh, I I don't really know. It's it's up there, I think, because I think it's a really good movie that I think is doing something that, you know, is not... It's doing something in, in a way that I I don't think we've seen a Batman movie do before. Like, I was also concerned about it being overly dark and overly gritty and overly serious. And I think it has all those elements, but I think it also has, like... Like I said, a, like a weird vibe, and it has like a through line where it's like trying to actually give Batman a character arc that we don't see too often. That makes me and like a weird sense of humor too, right? Where like there there is some funny stuff in this movie that I really appreciate. So I don't know. I think I don't have like a like a a tier list for you, but I think I think it's up there for me. And I've only seen it the one time. Maybe I'll you know, reflect and decide differently on another watch, but I, it's, it's up there in terms of the live action Batman movies. So I have a follow-up question. Um, I really like kind of going for that with everyone, but uh, I really like what you said there where um, they're really giving Batman a character arc because previously a lot of the Batman movies would focus more on the villains because if the villains are interesting, the movie becomes interesting. Batman just becomes the, the hero by default essentially it's kind of like what happens in batman returns or batman 89 <laughs> batman 89 as well yeah it focuses more on the villains and that's kind of uh a mantra that i've seen a lot in uh circles that i have I've, I've been in is that a batman movie is only as good as its villain and in this movie i feel like that's kind of the opposite where the villain is kind of just the catalyst to drive this development of batman and Batman really is what's the focus of this movie and his character development. So I think that that actually is a really interesting point of view to go to my follow-up question uh, for all of you is Alex, you have your, your tiers of like IMDb scores. So like after watching this movie, if it was never on streaming again, or if you had gone to the theater and seen it, and again, it's it. You, the, there's only one other way to see it, and that would be to buy a physical copy of the movie. Would you buy the physical copy of the movie? Nah, I was so <laughs> turned off by the last fifty minutes that I felt it completely erased all the goodwill in my enjoyment of what was happening beforehand of the noir, the detective, the mystery, the angle the resolution, the, the smaller scale to just literally blow up and flood the city and have Batman fight people up in rafters who all miraculously were chained, were chained to the rafters so that he could throw them off to their non-deaths. That, that sequence gave me very big Spider-Man PS4 vibes. Like, oh, I've punched you off this building. Good thing there's a web attached to you that's now going to well, keep you dangling. To be fair, we also see him attach the ropes a little bit, sometimes by putting it through their legs. Yeah, it just... <laughs> that was yucky. <laughs> up until this, the end, up until the moment in um, where Riddler apparently has another plan, I was thinking Batman 89, The Dark Knight, this movie. And upon rewatch, it it may shuffle with the Dark Knight a little bit. That's your ranking. Oh, I, I was four. <laughs> I was four when Batman and when Batman came out eighty nine. 
And I remember vividly, we went to McDonald's and they had, if you got the Happy Meal, you and I still have it, you got a plush Batman that had a rubber head, but a cloth body. And I remember watching that movie. And then a, like, two amazing. years later, we uh, went and saw um, Batman Returns, which is why I will always love Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, who, yeah, who doesn't? I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty standard. Yeah, you can't. For me, you can't shake that movie because it 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 shaped Batman for me, especially since the animated series basically went, okay, we're just gonna take the theme music from the movie yeah. and we're going to continue this version of Batman. But make him better. Yes, I mean, you know. Yeah, we're going to do a better movie in a couple of years. But I can't oh, shake oh, off that as a movie. But I still oh. find it hugely rewatchable. Um, I've actually rewatched John, both of them in the last year. I am about to mute you if you are going to talk ill of The Mask of the Phantasm. No, that was a good one. The object- okay, the objective that. best Batman movie. But we're, run- we're putting it out of the running because it's not live action. Yes, that's that's fair. Um I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm, cl- I'm clutching this table so hard that I think I put <laughs> put dents in it because I remember how mad this conversation made me, and the fact that Matt is now kind of talking bad about uh, Batman '89 just fills me with such a unshakable rage. Really? That you uh, calm down in <laughs> seventeen years. years? I, I I'm not a rational person. I don't know if you've <laughs> caught on to that. I've grown and changed, but... man. Catch up. Apparently, <laughs> your taste your taste hasn't gotten any better. Thank you. I was going to say that. <laughs> I but I, I, I like that, Alex. Though. Like there's you know I I like I said I can appreciate a lot of what's in that movie and I'm not here to roast. I'm playing it up a little bit. I'm not here to talk too much shit about '89. But you know. But yeah. Anyway. Nothing else. Yeah the first movie that you see with that character as a kid has a huge effect. So I, I totally get it. But no, the next time I watch this movie, I will turn it off once it gets to the reveal that Nigma, well, not Nigma, Edward, whatever his name is. Whatever his name was. He has like three of them. Nashton. Nashton. Yeah. Once he like, he's like, Oh yeah, you don't know who I am. And he does that weird giggle before like, Oh, but I have an actual master plan. I will turn it off then and be like, that was a good Batman movie. (laughs) That's fair. I, 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 I didn't think the last, well, I, I did find the last 50 minutes to be a bit, I guess, superfluous to the movie. I know what they're doing. They're setting up for Batman year two, like the comic books where the city is flooded and Batman is, is trying to stop crime in it. So that, that wouldn't shock me if that's what they're doing. Although I heard they had so many problems with Robert Patterson that uh, I, it wouldn't shock me either if they're just like, yeah, we're done with him. And we're going to do a new Batman in four years, which has been our consistent game plan uh, since Michael Keaton. This movie made a ton of money, though. So, Well, yeah, but oh, I, I was going to say I was going to reference uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. That did not make a lot of money. That did, no, it didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. God, I wish they made a third one, though. <laughs> Fucking love Andrew Garfield. So my last question to you guys is, having seen this movie, having been in this universe, do you think they will give us a Robin in this universe? No. I don't know if they will, but they should. Like it is there. There's like, it maybe is a bit hyperbolic, but I, I think that if you don't like Robin, you don't like Batman, (laughs) you know, like 
Robin is a part of the equation and these movies always in part granted because the the movies that Robin was in were not considered very good, but like, I don't think considered really has, you could have just left considered out of there. We, we'll do, I think we'll do some episode it. later about this general topic. I don't have time to get into this. I think Josh <laughs> wants to wrap it up. We'll be here another hour. Um, but it's just like, just put him in a movie, you know, you've done what, like five, six movies since then without Robin, one of them, maybe like one of them referenced him, but like, just do, just put Robin in a movie. You should put Robin in a movie. Will they? I don't know. You should though. Robin's cool. Robin's great. I think Robin is great. And I think he is an essential uh, part of the Batman series and genre in general. I would, however, say that I think they portrayed uh, this Batman as being so young that adding a 16-year-old or a 13-year-old, whatever, kid to the equation would just be a very strange addition. Uh, I mean, the guy, he looks like he's like... A, and I know like half the time, like, well, I'd say like 95% of the time he was wearing a mask, but even when he wasn't, he looked like he was in his early twenties. So it would be weird for him to adopt a 14 year old or, you know, whatever else. I, I just think it'd be strange. You need an, I think you need an older Batman or older looking Batman to, to make that work. And even then it's kind of strange. Well, it's, I mean, it is strange, but. It's more workable. I mean, you give Rob at bat and bat a, a haircut and he, he gets aged up quite a bit. I think he, I think he needed a haircut and possibly a, a wash. He, he, he just, he just seemed greasy the whole movie. You guys conservative dads from the fifties, let him have his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I am all for seeing a Batman that has, you know, a neck beard. I am for that. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pass. I I think they'll do the stupid uh, Nolan thing where they will introduce Robin as a go away in the third movie. I don't I, I don't think they have the gumption to actually introduce a, a comic accurate Robin between the ages of you know twelve to fourteen. Maybe he goes back to his burned out mansion and picks up a drophead who's like eighteen and tries to reform yeah. one of them. I can kind of see that, but. Once you're an adult, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm 32 and I'm adopting an 18 year old to wear tights and get shot for me. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I feel like if they did a drophead, you'd have to do more Jason Todd than Dick Grayson. Nobody wants that. Yeah, I mean, in that That's case, wouldn't we be cheering for them to get shot? <laughs> yeah. As, as the vote that killed him will prove, people don't like Jason Todd. As Robin, as Robin, he's okay as Red Hood. You could no, yeah. well, you could you could have just stopped that before. As Robin. <laughs> I could more see them introducing like, like a Batwoman than a Robin so easily, or like something like Carrie Kelly or or something like that, than a traditional Robin. Yeah, like a like somebody that is like a partner versus a protege. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think it depends too, because like if, you know, who knows if this is a series of movies or not, but if they continue the thread of 
It's about Batman and Catwoman. She's kind of filling that partner role, you know, to some degree. So, like, maybe that's the reason they don't bring a, a Robin in or a Batwoman or a Carrie Kelly or a Nightwing or whoever because, you know, she's fulfilling the romance role and sort of the she's the other person that fights with me. That's a good point. They better not bring in a Kara Kelly. That's all I'm saying. Worst Robin ever. Aww. Oh you, you're I, gonna like, have, I like I like spoiler as Robin better than Kara Kelly. We're gonna have to we we gotta do a general Batman episode because I like, <laughs> we don't have time to get into it. But these can't these opinions can't stand. <laughs> I really don't even know how I would moderate a, a discussion like that between the two of you. I feel like I should just let you two get into a, a call together and then you just send me the audio and I'll edit it the best I can. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. What's going to happen is that we'll have Matt on one and then Matt two and I will be on the other side and we will go at him until he cries and admits that Batman 89 is at least the third best Batman movie. <laughs> Alex, I think we're going to be best friends. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't know. You guys, uh, uh, Alex, you're you're a little less experienced with Matt one, but uh, he he can be at the very least contrarian for for days on end. I, I was going to use the words stubborn ass, but contrarian <laughs> is much more polite. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's because if he, if he feels like he can egg you on, he will take on the contrarian standpoint just because. <laughs> Or at least younger Matt would. It's two things. It's that, and it's that <laughs> whenever I express an opinion, it's correct. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. oh. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. We'll we'll tease Matt 1 versus Matt 2 uh, for a, a future episode. Uh, Fight but... to the death. <laughs> I, can't do that. I can't do that to your wife and kid, John. <laughs> <laughs> they, won't, they won't miss me, I promise. <laughs> So, yes, we will wrap it up. Um, uh, Alex, you do not do your socials. So, Matt, you can feel free to share. Matt, you can feel free to share your socials as you so please. Yeah. If you, for some reason, are interested in hearing more of this, you could find me on Twitter at M-R-L-I-P-A-R-O-T-A. It's all stuff like this and really aggressive politics opinions. uh john uh, you have a podcast that you like to plug you don't really have a whole lot of socials but you should know your social or your your podcast socials yes okay so it's for real uh it's a the podcast about documentaries you can reach me at cancel the podcast say and cancel the podcast at gmail.com and yeah, any questions, any follow-ups you want me on your, your podcast, you, you never want me back on this one, just let me know. <laughs> okay, Matt, uh, Matt, if you send me an email, I'm going to drive to where you live and fight you. <laughs> yeah, let's hang out. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Scar. You can follow the podcast at Talking Smack Pod. And you can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. And we are on uh, Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podchaser, most all 
primary app, uh, podcast players, uh, we should be on any of those. Uh, please like, review, subscribe. That all helps us. Um, again, if it's positive or bad, I don't care. I just want reviews. Uh, just lets us know that you're listening and lets me know that we can change something. Like you don't want John slash Matt two back. He's gone. Um, oh, let's be real though. Only the five star ones. <laughs> yes. Those are the only ones that really count. Uh, so if you want John gone, uh, five stars and say John's gone. Hurtful. Oh, <laughs> now we know Matt's going to get on there and give five stars. And say John's gone. <laughs> so I got to make another burner account to review your podcast again. Ooh, hurtful. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> and Alex, who is going to be our special guest composer to close out the episode? Coming fresh off his amazing Coachella performance, we have Danny Elfman remixing Prince's Bat Dance from the amazing 1989 Batman movie. That's two episodes yes. in a row you booked Danny Elfman, man. You gotta, you gotta get something new here. Did you see his Coachella performance? How could I not hire him again? Plus his rates are cheap because, you know, all right well anyway we are out of here thanks again everyone for listening take care watch star trek star trek is good though yeah it is i'll I'll agree with that i like star Star trek Trek discovery don't you oh god star trek discovery fucking rules and that's (laughs) another show we've got never seen it oh god Oh no. Never seen an episode. Next time you're going to tell me Picard's good too. This oh. is painful. <laughs> oh my God. This is why we're not going to be best friends. <laughs> I was going to say Batman 89 sucks. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs>